If you're ready to take your business to a whole new dimension where the work that you do becomes so much bigger than you that you start to build a movement, this episode's for you. In 2020, Bridget quit her job in New York City to travel the world and she never looked back. She has since helped hundreds of women grow and scale their online businesses through coaching and mentorship programs. Bridget now lives in Thailand and continues to inspire and empower women to achieve their entrepreneurial dreams through her social media platform at Bridget James Ling. The work that Bridget does is more than just helping her clients build profitable online businesses. It's about building a life that they absolutely love to live and that is in complete alignment with their why. In this episode, we're talking to you about the common belief that most successful entrepreneurs have in common, how to build a powerful online community using this one principle, the importance of letting go of the how when collapsing timelines, and a hard truth about burnout as entrepreneurs. Welcome to Becoming CEO, your go-to podcast for building, growing, and scaling a profitable online business that unlocks your dream life. I'm your host, India Butler, a multiple six-figure CEO and business coach, former school teacher, CEO mama, and a marketing strategist. Each week, my guests and I take you through the real and raw behind the scenes and what it takes to become a successful CEO. On this show, you can expect to learn about money, hardship, leadership, marketing, mindset, and everything that goes into building your very own freedom-led business. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hello! Oh my god, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you! Hi! Oh, I'm, I'm so pumped, India. I know. I feel like it's been a full circle moment for in so many ways, not just with us and our relationship, but also you, everything you've been going through. Like This is just one of my favorite conversations to have with someone I love so much. It literally feels like a reunion. I know. I love it. Okay. So before we dive into anything, I just want to do a massive shout out because if you haven't been following Bridget on all of her social media, she has just, at the time of recording, celebrated a massive win. So I really want to kick us off and just say congratulations. I'm so proud and so happy for you. How are you feeling? Tell us what you've just achieved. Like, where's your head at? I don't even know. (laughs) I can't get over this right now. I'm just so happy getting able to hang out with you right now and just like it you know it's never like it happens and then it's it's never shocking that the milestone happens or the manifestation or whatever it's just like yeah that was supposed to happen and I'm gonna celebrate it but like these are the moments that I live for like being on podcasts and connecting with people and connecting with clients so I'm just happy that's a big thing, a part of your brand story as well. Like you're very known for your community, the movement you build, like the connections you build. So I feel like that does just kind of embody everything about who you are. But I think a lot of people will know you, your name in this like in this industry, like people know who you are. But I want to know a little bit about who you used to be, like not just like your standard transformation story of, oh, I used to, I really want to go back to how serious it is this life that you've started for yourself and how much of a transformation it really is compared to who you used to be. So give us a little bit of like a backstory there. So in 2020, that's when I was living in New York City. But even before that, I was a teacher. I went to school to become a dancer. And I was like, okay, I'm moving to New York City, going to teach dance there, going to perform and audition. And I got the job. Like it was a dream job. I was like, amazing. Doing the thing I always wanted to do. And then very quickly, like I've always been a very good employee. Like I love working. I love, you know, like just being the best employee I can be there. 
But then I realized very quickly after two years of teaching, it was not for me and not because of the children or anything like that. I love teaching. I think that's why I love coaching and mentoring and creating and helping people. But it was the system itself. And I was wearing myself down and burning myself to the ground. And I remember like calling my mom while walking to work in New York City, just crying in the morning at five in the morning, like I can't do this or I know many teachers can relate to like going into stairwells and crying in between when you have a break or something like that. And just so exhausted working in the, in that job. And then I was doing all kinds of stuff, India, like I was walking dogs to bring in extra cash to pay for student loans and the rent and everything in the lifestyle in New York, I'm a front desk manager at a fitness studio, like literally just doing everything and anything to bring in cash. In a very real sense, I've always known that I was meant for more. And like I always had that little nugget inside of me. But the way that I portrayed myself on the outside, it didn't. I really didn't, it didn't look like I cared about myself and who I was, my habits that I had and the way that I treated myself or the self-talk that I had too. So what was the trigger moment? Like what was the thing that like the last straw you had to get out of that life and you went out for like after entrepreneurship and traveling the world and flying away? What was that trigger moment? After I left the teaching, I got a different job. I knew that that was going to be my one year thing before like I launched. And so while I was there in that one year, I built up other income streams and I started to test entrepreneurship a lot and gig work and freelance work. And so after a year of just madness, working for someone else and helping them grow their company, when COVID hit in 2020, I started going ham on building up my other income streams. And I was like, wait a second, this is possible. Like if I can make a thousand dollars, let me try 2000. And then I did that. And my, the money I was making for my side hustles almost equaled the money from my paycheck where I was working like a million hours per week, crying and hating it. And so I did, I hired a life coach that I love that I worked with before. I was like, I'm quitting my job. I don't know how, but I'm doing the thing. And I, I quit. And then you got on a flight, didn't you? You flew where, well, were, you, were you working remotely at this point or were you working in, in person? Well, they had just started to go back into the office and it, it was right then. And I was like, I'm not doing that. So I quit. Yeah. And then that's when I booked a one month trip to Costa Rica and then never returned. That is insane. Like, I just, I love those stories, especially because obviously we both have that teaching element there where the burnout, it is insane how much you're hustling in all sorts of jobs, but teaching as well, obviously really much. And then for the paycheck you get compared to when I first started, I had, a, it was very much a messy virtual assistant side hustle of like, I loved marketing, but I hadn't figured out what my strengths were. I was like, I will be essentially your little slave. Let just tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it. And I just like put myself up on the market on Instagram. And I think within like the first month I'd made like an extra 500 and I was like, just from one client. And I remember just thinking, wow, it wasn't even like that difficult. I just did it in a couple of evenings after work and oh my God, like I really need to do this. But what I'm curious about, you mentioned you hired a life coach before. I didn't know about the coaching industry in terms of online. I didn't know the coaching industry was a thing until like I saw someone's post on Instagram one day telling me like what they did. Before you started this, like before you even thought about doing like going into entrepreneurship, being your own boss, did you know about like online coaching? A little bit. So in 2018, I hired the same life coach and she helped me quit that job and get the new job. And I did all these other things. Like I started performing in the city 
And I really saw the power of having someone believe in you. Like this woman just believed the crap out of me. She was like, you can do anything. I'm like, okay, I can. And, <laughs> and I did everything that I set out to accomplish with her. And so she was the only coach that I had worked with, like formally as a life coach. I've had so many other mentors and love mentorship in general in my career and dance background. But when I first started coaching, I was doing manifestation embodiment for entrepreneurs. And I had no idea too, coaching existed. Like I can be so naive like that sometimes. I'm just like, nobody else is doing it. And then I learned that there's an industry. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, hey everyone. <laughs> so not really. <laughs> it's like you go from, oh my God, guys, I found this amazing thing telling your family. And then suddenly you enter the world of Instagram. And you're like, oh, I'm a small fish. But oh my God, being a small fish, but first is what every new entrepreneur hates. They hate being a small fish. But now it's not funny. Being a small fish in the big pond is actually the hack. Like, I don't know what you think about that. Like, I never want to be the big fish in a small pond. I always want to push myself to be the small fish in a bigger pond, surround myself by people who like inspire the hell out of me. And that's the thing that we tend to avoid when we get started, which is crazy. That that point right there is something I'm always working on. It's like, as soon as I start to feel like I'm growing and becoming a bigger fish, I'm like, gotta get out of this pond. Like half of you go get another room because I'm like, I, I can't go there because I know myself. And like, so I just love that you say that. I'm the exact same. I've recently just started um, a mastermind with this called CEO Mama by Natalie Ellis. She's um, the CEO and founder of co-founder, I should say, of Boss Babe. And so it's just like a mastermind for CEOs and mamas entrepreneurship. And it's insane. Like some of the women in this space, I am like, literally I've got goosebumps. There's like Jenna Kutcher, Melissa Wells, Natalie Ellis, obviously herself. And I'm like, I'm in this room now with people who were the same inspiration for when I got started. And it's just insane that in two years and same with you, it's like, you're talking about COVID. COVID was like, what, three years ago? How much has changed? Like collapsing timelines. So you are literally the queen. Queen is like your title in terms of taking action, in terms of like committing to what you say when you say you're going to do something. You are the definition of the phrase, I always get what I want. I've been saying that since I was 10 years old and I used to be called a spoiled child. Now I say I'm the queen of manifestation. I love it. But I want to know, like, there's this whole concept, right, of collapsing timelines. We hear that a lot. What does it really mean in terms of the actual actions and how does it actually happen for you in reality? Oh, my God. I love this conversation. (laughs) I, I also can't wait to hear about that mastermind that you're in like that. I just want to say to you, you are such an inspiration, like congratulations on your pregnancy and everything around that. Like I think about you often because I know that I want to be a mother and I'm like with India, like every, all of these mamas are doing it. I can do it. Even though I'm not always on your Instagram, like I'm thinking about you a lot. So. I'm the same. Yeah. I've, I've not seen you much recently in terms of like, cause I've been so off social media recently. I've been so good with living life more. But I think I've been thinking about you and like obviously the girls as well, like so often. So I love that it just goes both ways. You guys are such a source of inspiration. This is so cool. Okay, moving, taking action, collapsing timelines. Yes. My mom growing up, she would always say this phrase to me, you make it happen. Like it was just ingrained inside of me. She's like, you make it happen. I'm like, okay, that, that's just who I identify as now. So throughout my whole life, even though the goals were smaller, like move to New York City, get the job. I was like, I'm, I'm just going to make it happen. Like, I don't know how I'll just do it. And it's the same thing in business. I was reflecting on this recently. I don't have a lot of 
overthinking, which sometimes can bite me in the butt. But it's also a, a superpower in many ways, because when I get an idea for something, I will just go after it immediately like a kid. Like It's just like, I got the idea. I'm going to take action. I'm going to implement on it and figure it out along the way. And I, and there's no like, um, something I see that comes up a lot is shaming. A lot of shaming ourselves for making mistakes. And I'm over here falling on my face like every single day, making mistakes. Like I said to someone the other day, I said, this is a good post. While someone is deciding whether or not to move, I have taken a hundred steps, fallen on my face 12 times, failed, cried in my bed three times. Oh, and achieved X, Y, Z. And so it's like, I, but I don't shame myself along the way from, through that. It's just like, that, this is the part of the journey. I love the adventure to getting to the end destination. This is it. I say this to my clients all the freaking time. When you avoid failure, you avoid success. You cannot, you cannot plan. You cannot think your way to success. It just happens through action. It happens through movement. That's where the real results are. And like the word success, the word results, they're so subjective to everyone. So whatever it means for you, whatever vision's coming to your head, as soon as I say the word success, that's possible. Success isn't like one definition for everyone that we all got to strive to. But the point here, the key thing is that you cannot prepare for it. You cannot, you just, the only way it happens is through movement. And I think a lot of the the blocks that I see is that overthinking element. It's that thinking of, oh, but they look like they did it so strategically on the outside. There's that lack of discernment. We see people such as yourself having amazing wins and making big moves and it feels so effortless. But that is just, you need to remember, there's only so much we can share. Even if we were to be fully transparent and we are amazing leaders in that where we are very transparent already, there's no way to share every single thing. You've got to have that discernment when you're watching these entrepreneurs watching these other people make the moves they make. You can't assume that, for example, for Bridget to hit her 100k month, you can't assume that she started the 1st of April with some sort of rigid strategic plan. Every single day, every moment, she knew exactly how she was going to make that happen. She knew it was going to happen. Like you knew it was going to happen, but you also didn't have like some sort of blueprint that you can now just sell and tell everyone, this is exactly what I did, guys. And that's the part that I think blows up a lot for people. It's that the element of thinking that other people have managed to make it happen before they before it even happened. It's like they think that we all know what we're doing before it even happens. 99% of the time, we're figuring out as we go. It's like, as Marie Forleo says, everything is figureoutable and you have to be moving to get to that level of like figuring it out. Yes. And yes, it, it all works. Every like. I could do hit the goal one way. You could hit the goal another way. Somebody else could hit the goal the other way. I recently had someone who who was really in the moment of how, like, how do I do it? They were living in the how. And when you're in that, when you're in the how, it's an interesting place to be because on the other side, you're like, it's not about the how. And they're like, what do you mean? Tell me how. (laughs) This is it. Do you know what I say is like, the how, it makes sense because like people think, well, what did you do? And I get why people ask the how, but what happens here is they get tunnel vision because they think there's one how. Just as you said, there is no one way for it to happen. And the minute you start asking that question of how, how did you do? What did you do? I want to know the full step by step. You're focusing in on one thing. You're looking at a gap that's be- between you and this person and what you focus on expands. I say this all the time. I want my clients, I want my community to get so bored of me saying this. What you focus on expands. If you're so focused on one way, one hack, the gap that's between you and where you are is going to get bigger. 
It's going to get so bigger. Like the gap between you and where you desire to be is all you're going to focus on. And if that's all you're focusing on, that's all that's going to exist for you because your mind creates your reality. And that's where, whilst it can seem like you're being proactive by asking, how, Bridget, how did you do it? What's happening is you're actually focusing on what is missing. What is, what am I not doing that you did do? And instead, you need to be thinking, like, what can I take away? Like, what would you say, Bridget, were some of the big lessons that you've walked away from this? Maybe you could ask, um, what would you say was like a big turning point in this month? Like, where did you notice where you realized, okay, this could actually happen, where it didn't feel blind anymore. It felt like now I'm seeing the momentum build. I'm seeing it actually start to unfurl in front of me. Those are the questions you want to be asking your mentor, not just, oh my God, celebrating you, Bridget. How? Tell me the secret. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that. It's like the five identity shifts I had in one day. So yeah, so like for you, obviously, a lot of the time people, what they look at is they think that you did something like immediately in the month of April that made it happen, like that you could go from zero to a hundred thousand cash month. But the thing is, you've been doing a lot of work up until this point. There's a lot of commitment. There's a lot of consistency. There's a lot of trial and error that's gone into it. And a big thing that you've done that you've really put your focus on is building a movement, building that like community of active, ready to buy, but also really engaged individuals, individuals who all have their own dreams. Like I feel like when I look at your community, there's not like they share a couple of common things, but everyone's so unique. They all come and bring their own queendom to the table. And I absolutely love that. So I think for you, the big lesson that if anyone wants to take away your story, I would always say like from the outside perspective, it's how you've shown up as a leader for your community. It's how you've built a movement. But Talk us through a little bit of the decision-making process, but also just like the reality of how it's all happened for you with building the movement you have. When I first started, I just focused on doing a lot of community building activities. Like I was going live in my Facebook group every week when no one was there. I remember there were times when I would go live in my Facebook group and it was just my mom in the group and she would comment and be like, hi, sweetie. And then I had to remove her from the group because I'm like... You cannot be on here. This is ridiculous. But I would, I'm trying to grow a business here. But I would go live and no one was there, but I would still serve. I would still teach people. And you can probably go back in our Facebook group and find those videos from a couple of years ago. And I just have always had service in the front of my heart. And honestly, I don't relate to people that say, I only want passive income. Because to me, and that's totally fine. If you want to do that, do that. But for me, I've always been a people person and the, to, to this to me is a people business and a place of serving. So getting on calls or Voxer and clients, that doesn't drain me. It really lights me up. So since day one, I've always built it around serving a community, a group of people. And then I would say in about fall of 2021 is where I really started pivoting into what is the mission behind the movement that I'm building? What is Freedom Queen? What's the end goal or the the destination that all of us have and then how what are the standards I want to set with inside of it and it was so weird India when I started just saying I'm a freedom queen or I started saying phrases like action takers or money makers or I started sharing the destination that we're all going on more people started to drop into this identity and love it and now it's like a hive effect where it's just growing and more and more people, but they're fine. It's not like they're becoming someone they're not. They're becoming who they're, who they are and who they're meant to be within a community. And they're all moving in that same direction. I'm going to be the total nerd here. And I want to talk about the science behind this because I've watched you from the outside 
and I can see the science happening. There's a bio- there's like a biological thing that's happening in everyone's brain with the movement you're building. Now, if you want to learn, I reference this book all the time. If you haven't read it, it's Start With Why by Simon Sinek. It's such a foundation book in business. It's it's a really good read, um, but it's also a principle about you're going to take a note. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and like if you want to listen to his, it's an 18-minute TED Talk video where he summarizes essentially the book, where it's really powerful. So you can get essentially the core of what it is, but that's what you've been doing. So I'm going to very quickly just be a bit of a nerd and explain it. it. Let's nerd out. They know, they've heard this. It's a principle called the golden circle. And essentially, as humans, our our brain is kind of like, it splits into two core areas. You've got your limbic center, which is like the the inner part of your brain. This is the part that drives behavior. It's the part that actually moves. It's the part that's in in charge of like your decision-making process. That's like your, your primal brain, the core of who you are. So your core desires, your core values, that's all in your limbic brain. And then we have your neocortex, neo being new, cortex being thinking. So the outer part of your brain, which is the newer brain. And this is where we then get the elements where other animals don't have this part of their brain, where we can rationalize, we can justify, we can think and be like, this is why this happened, whereas animals just do. They just move, they just make decisions, they just move, and they're very behavioral. Whereas we have that additional element of the thinking, which is obviously a strength for humans, but it's also sometimes our disadvantage. It's a part that's where we overthink and then we think that we need to have some sort of logical reason behind every decision we make. But when you look at this from like an aerial view, it's like you've got one big circle and then an inner circle in the middle. So the limbic brain's the inner circle, and then you've got the neocortex on the outside. And then when you compare this to the golden circle, this principle that Simon Sinek teaches, obviously he'll teach it far better than I will. And I'll just do a quick summary. There's from an aerial view, he calls it the three circles. And in the middle, you've got Y, then the, like right at the core, then the one between. So the, the, I guess you call that one the middle. You've then got how, and then the last one is what. Oftentimes what people do in business and entrepreneurship, and this is like by definition, the opposite of what you've been doing is people focus on the what what products they sell, the end the end goal in a sense of not like the transformation, but in terms of like the structure of their program, the details. Um, they, they literally just talk about the what elements. This is very much just this, there's no other meaning behind it other than just like I sell one-on-one coaching. It's three months. You meet with me every single week for one hour. And I'm like, okay, why have you designed it that way? And they can't explain it. Loads and loads and loads of entrepreneurs, when they get into coaching, They've seen someone else like, oh, I'm going to start coaching one-on-one. It's got to be three months. It's got to be, you know, well, 12 weeks, whatever they call it. We're going to meet every week, 60-minute calls. They'll get to do project reports. And when I ask them, why have you designed it that way? Sounds great. Why have you designed it that way? They can't actually explain it. And that's because they've started with the what. The how is your process. It's like your, your methodology, your way of doing things. And the why is the core of what we do. This is our mission, this is our the transformation uh, that we're working towards. The not even necessarily it's not always an end goal. It's also sometimes just an ongoing purpose. It's like our purpose behind what brings us alive, what lights us up. And so for you, for example, you've built a movement based on your why. And then when it came to you explaining your process for helping people achieve that, that was your how. So you're like, guys, I'm really passionate about freedom living, actually being in alignment with yourselves. Movement. You're explaining all of the core of who you were. Your why. And then you start talking about your how. This is how I'm going to help you achieve this. And then the last part was like, I just happened to sell these products. And when you sell it that way, people are like, oh my God, it makes sense why she's designed that product that way. It makes sense why she's created this product. I can see the mission. It relates back to this why. I'm I'm invested in it. 
And you create, as you say, this hive mind where if they share the same mission as you, they're all going to then be loyal for life. They're going to trust you for forever because they can see why what you do. There's the intention element. Whereas when you start with the what, there's that lack of trust. There's that lack of intention. There's that lack of understanding. And your audience aren't going to have that hive-like mind. And essentially, the reason why is the why essentially it mimics the limbic brain when you connect to someone's why their core values their core desires you're connecting to the part of their brain that makes decisions not the part of the brain that is going to overthink whereas when you start with features and details you're immediately triggering the neocortex the logic brain and they're going to think their way out of buying they're going to think their way out of moving whereas when you connect to their why what is it you truly want in life i want that too I just happen to have a product that can help you with that. But more importantly, I can I can help you with that, with my process. This is my mission. Oh my God, you're triggering that hive mind. You're triggering that movement. So that's the science behind it. I hope everyone's okay with me geeking out there. I am geeking out with you. <laughs> that was amazing. The level of clarity that, that just dropped me into, I'm like, oh, I can see how people are getting stuck in different areas, but also how literally like so many businesses are built backwards they're built on the features and you're so right people come to me and say oh well you know i saw so and so selling this way so i should sell that way and it's like go to the why why that, that's i always say why why are you selling that why what, what does it serve you how does it serve your clients the how part is the bridge but people bridge it the wrong way and they try to then squeeze some false mission into their product rather than start with their true purpose. And I often see this, I've even had clients I've worked with, it comes out that maybe the mission that they'd shared with me at the start wasn't truly the deeper mission. And it sometimes takes time, it takes relationship building, it takes clarity for that to come out. But when that happens, we need to switch. We need to go back to that mission, the movement that you're building for your own life and the movement you're building for others. And it's got to be both ways. You've got to think about it. How does this impact you? Why do you care? And why do you care for other people? The reason I say that as well, and you'll probably totally agree with this, is there's that element of if someone shows up and is like, I just want to help, I just want to serve. There's the first thing as humans, we're social beings, right? Is we think, well, why do you care? Why do you care about helping me? How does this help you? So you need to make sure that your mission statement shows why you benefit from it as well, because there's that transparency, that trust element. People can see why you're so passionate about it, because what it means for you. And then that's why you want to help others, because what it means for them. It's got to go both ways. And a lot of people get, if they do try and create a mission statement, they try too hard to sound like a hero, but they don't sound enough like the person who's doing it with themselves. You need that ego element. Yes. I've recently been, been obsessed with, and I'm adding another pillar into the Freedom Queen brand, which is this, what it's like to be an icon, to be your most iconic self. And I've been really obsessed with teaching embodiment of this because like, it sounds like being the icon would be in the middle of the why, because when you tap into that, it's like everything else will just come. The what you're selling, what should I post today? It's like you're just so in you. And that's really what I've been obsessed with recently, getting people to that point. That is exactly it, because I think being an icon is essentially embodying your why. That's what it is. I think you're right. It's like you're at the heart of the why. You're everything that you do, everything that you say when you walk, literally the way you start your morning, your habits, your routines, they're all an embodiment of your why. And it's when people can see you in every corner of life embodying what you're passionate about. It's no longer just a show for social media. 
that's what being your most iconic self is. That's what it means to me anyway. But I'd love to hear more about this, like how you're going to bring it in. Like, what does this look like for you in the brand? Like, talk about it on a business side of things. What are you doing with this? Well, last year I ran a program called Celeb Status. And I didn't know how to sell it besides saying, like, be a celeb and have the status of a celeb. But people loved it. And a lot of people joined into it. And what we did inside of that program was all embodiment. And and what you're talking about, not just when the camera's running, but when no one is watching you from what you wear to the grocery store to how you behave when you're with your partner, like everything, when you're on the treadmill, when you're sleeping, being your most iconic self. And this does not mean like doll yourself up and do all the hair and the makeup 24 seven. Because by all means, like, that's not what I mean. I was just in a t-shirt before this and like Spanx riding a scooter around Thailand, like with my hair all crazy. Like, but it's like, you're living you're the truest version of yourself and you get behind you. You're so, uh, some people say I talk about it in like self-love, but it's like, it's like, I say to myself, I got you, baby. Like no matter what happens, I got you. And so things could be hitting the fan. Challenges could be coming up. But when you're so locked and loaded in who you are, people feel that. 100%. It's not only just the impact it has on your audience, because when they get to witness this, you're getting to, like the best way to teach is to lead, is to show by example. As a teacher, we both know this. It's like, you can explain things perfectly. You could be the best teacher in terms of like what you say, but truly children and adults alike, we learn through like witnessing it in action. Like that's where it really, really happens. It's implementation, but it's also witnessing it happen live. So that embodiment piece is amazing for our audience. But that element there, that self mindset care, that self care element that you just said is so, so important. That's like, I if I was to say this to my clients, I want you to embody not just because it's going to be profitable, not just because it's going to help you build like an amazing business. Yes, that that is going to be a bonus side effect. I want you to embody what you teach because of the relationship you're building with yourself. And the biggest issue that people have in this industry, and this is why going back to what we said, like, again, we're so full circle. We said this at the start of this episode, we're coming back to it now. I always get what I want. If you're the kind of person where if you hear Bridget and I say that, when we say that, we're like, duh, I always get what I want. If you're the kind of person though, when someone says that to you, it triggers you. It feels like, but I don't, I don't believe that. That is such BS. What's happening there is there's nothing that's different between you and I, and like in terms of like the, and Bridget and I, and then you, the difference there is that if you're hearing us say that, and you're thinking that is such BS, it's not because we're just more lucky. It's not just because we just happen to have more opportunity. It's entirely down to your relationship with yourself. If you don't believe what you say, then when it comes to setting goals, when it comes to saying, this is going to be my best month yet, of course, your brain is going to be like, no, it's not, you liar. You can yeah. even get up this morning at 6am when you said you were going to, whatever it is. So it's like the first thing, the starting point is if you're noticing yourself be a little bit cynical and be a little bit negative, pessimistic, and you're finding yourself struggling to believe, you're finding yourself struggling to let go to the manifestation process of taking action and trusting yourself you need to go back to the basics. You need to go back to building that relationship with yourself and start small. What are some small commitments you can make to yourself that you are non-negotiably going to commit to? You're going to do it no matter what. And I go, I love that phrase, the no matter what phrase. And it starts with things like, if you truly want to get up at 7 a.m., I'm not saying every every successful entrepreneur gets up early. I sleep in many times. But if maybe for you, you want to have a better morning routine, and every morning you set your alarm for 7am, but you hit snooze and then you, you sleep in. You're breaking that trust with yourself the minute you've even started the day. 
you're already breaking that relationship. So start small and start following through with your words, make it easy. And you'll notice that mindset, that self-love will come back in. You'll start to trust yourself again. And I think this is the key thing with Bridges. As she said earlier, she doesn't overthink. When she gets an idea, she just runs with it. You just you just go for it, don't you? And so you've got an amazing trust with yourself. When you say, I'm going to have my best month yet, your brain is like, hell yeah, girl, let's do it. I've got you too. And you've got like each other's back. So I think that's a big lesson from Bridget. I would say if you're listening to this, it has to be, you need to have that trust with yourself. You need to believe in yourself. And I know you hear people say this to you all the time, but how are you actually working towards making that relationship happen? I I keep saying the best way to build integrity with your audience is by doing the things you say you're going to do. Or I get this question a lot, like, like, what are your self-care routines? And I'm like, it's doing the things I say I'm going to do. That trust thing that, that you're saying, I call it trust bonds. It's like, if I say I'm going to host a masterclass, I host the masterclass. If I say I'm going to go for a run, I go for a run. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be amazing or whatever. But it's like, I do the things I say I'm going to do. That is my best form of self-care. And whether it's meditate or pray or take a nap, it, doesn't, it could be anything. I do it. And then like, literally you, you said exactly what I do. I formed the trust. Okay. I said I was going to host the masterclass. I hosted the masterclass and sure there were things that I messed up on, but I I get the data. I learned from it. Okay. The next thing. And then I I keep building that trust with myself. A hundred percent. And I love that you call it trust bonds. I've never heard it that way, but it makes, I love that because it's, it's like the neural connections you're creating in your brain. You're bonding with yourself as well. I absolutely love it. But one thing that I 100% we want you to take away from this is there is no secret mindset, routine, prompts, journaling. Like these are all things I can do to help you to to actually take, you know, action towards helping your mindset. But the element is not this not about what you do. It's about doing it in the first place. It's about just doing whatever you say you're going to do. And it could be something like something as small as every morning I'm going to have a cup of tea and just sit to myself. Like I just want to enjoy a nice hot cup of tea and have five minutes of peace with nothing in front of me other than my cup of tea. Because I think one thing for me, for example, self-care in this new age, like I'm about to become a mom. I've got like three months to go at the time of recording. Maybe if you're listening to this in the future, baby's already here. It's so crazy. But at this time right now, all I'm thinking about is like, I'm in full on nesting mode for the business, for my life. But I'm also thinking about how I want to live just on a day-to-day basis, like how I want to spend my time on a day-to-day basis. And I love work. I'm a very, very hustler. And I don't think the word hustle is negative. I just, I don't, I think hustle culture is a concept that's negative, but I think a few people have gotten a little bit too scared of taking action, of moving and potentially doing the hard work. I'm sometimes too much the other way where I'll work too hard. But one thing that is becoming my ultimate self-care is just nothingness. Finding more pockets of time where I just appreciate the nothingness of life. Just standing outside, it's a very gray day in Scotland right now. I'm looking outside these massive floor to ceiling windows and there's probably gonna be a gorgeous sunset tonight because I've got the south facing view. I can't wait tonight to just stand with my feet in the grass and just stand there for 10 minutes doing absolutely nothing, just looking, just looking out. So that's like, for me, if I say I'm gonna do that and I do that, that is me building a massive amount of trust. Yes, I'm not doing some fancy journal prompt. Journaling is very important by the way, but it doesn't always have to be these secret hacks. It's just doing. Oh my God, India. I, I have to tell you, my new, my newest favorite habit that I've ingrained is going to bed at 
or nine. I saw that. I saw you post it and I was like, I am so jealous. I love that. I'm like, gonna, I sometimes have a call until nine. If I have it till nine afterwards, I'm like closing the laptop, brushing teeth, putting like my night garden contacts out. Like just these little things. Like I eat dinner at 4.30 now. Like these little habits of continuing to do them, they start to stack on top of one another. And then it's like, you're doing things like going and standing outside and looking at the beautiful sunset or sunrise with tea. And you're having that moment with yourself. And then that affects how you show up with your clients. Like they all start to just relate to one another and it all begins to compound. Exactly. There's habit hacking, then there's habit stacking. And that's the goal is habit hacking is essentially you're trying to find the easiest way to, to hack the habit system. So how can you build habits as quickly as possible? It's just by choosing the easy route. You, like Easy gets to be a choice. It's not like something that some people are lucky. You choose easy. So if you're struggling to just do a little bit of self-care every day, it's probably because you've got it in your head that it takes work or that it's going to, you just don't have time for it or whatever it is. Like self-care can be as little as setting a time for when you want to eat because it's when you prefer to eat. It can be as little as like committing to going to bed at a time that you want to go to bed and knowing that no matter what, if you haven't gone through your to-do list for that day, close it yeah there's no such thing as an emergency in business you can it can wait till tomorrow but focus on like that trust part with yourself and just like filling your own cup because I think the key thing is a lot of people want to know they always ask like how and how do you consistently take action how do you not get burnt out I love like the final piece of the conversation here to talk about is that, that burnout piece I work very hard I've there have been nights where I've worked until 1am 2am and there've been nights where I've gone to bed at like 5 well not gone to bed but I've closed up shop at 5pm and I was on the couch by 6pm watching Netflix but I've worked hard either way I am going to be very bold here and say I've never been burnt out and I've had a lot of clients come to me and say I've been so burnt out I don't know I honestly I feel bad saying this I don't know other than the fact that I just love what I do and I've never, ever gotten, I don't know, I can't put it into words. And this is one thing that's been almost like a shame thing where I've hidden is like, how do you help people with burnout when you've never been burnt out yourself? Even though I'm someone who does work till 2am, I'm not attaching meaning to the fact that I had to work till 2am. So what are your thoughts on that? Because we're both very big action takers. Well, I made a post about this and I could have worded it in different ways. But anyways, it blew up over the internet and I got so much hate for it about burnout. And it was so funny, like a lot of people hated on it. But then there were tons of other people like, yes, thank you. I basically said, like, I don't experience burnout. It's not I said it's not real. I get that it's real. But anyways, I would burn out in my nine to five job, like all of the time, like constantly burning out in my nine to five job. But as soon as I transitioned to doing something that is in my heart and soul, I have never burnt out while working inside of my business. And I'm very much agreeing with what you're saying about, like, I will stay up late some nights or I'll work really hard during the day, but I love it. I live for it. And so I I remember India, someone said like, like, do you have other hobbies? And I'm like, I see my whole business as me. So like me riding my scooter is a part of the whole thing, the Bridget James Ling journey. Me taking singing lessons is a part of that. So I, I, yeah, no, I don't burn out. I don't either. And it's been a very, very, um, I need to go find that post because it's definitely something that I need to post about as well. I will join in, get the slack for it because I don't burn out either. And it's, I think the point of burnout, someone said it recently, I follow them on Instagram and I'm going to have to try and find credit them because they said it and put it in a way that was really, really beautifully put. But it was like burnout really happens when you're trying to chase someone else's version of success. If the, if you were the one who said this, by the way, and I can't remember you, can I just first say pregnancy brain, 
tell us. I'm going to put you in the credits in the show notes if I can find you because it was such a beautiful thing the way you phrased it. Uh, I just can't remember who it was, but it's so true. Burnout happens when you're chasing someone else's version of success. In other words, burnout happens when you're doing something that's not part of your intrinsic why. It's something that you are externally motivated by because of status, because of money, because someone else has just had like a really high cash month and you're like, oh, I'm just going to do the same. But if you are not personally invested in it and you don't love it, yeah, of course you're going to get burned out. There, literally two nights ago, sometimes I get pregnancy insomnia. Sometimes I can sleep for hours. Two nights ago, I had a bit of pregnancy insomnia. So I was writing blog posts up until like 1am. I wrote like wow. five or six different blog posts. And I was like, oh my God, these are fire. I can't stop. I want to read them. Oh my God, they're on, like the blog is now up and running. I just, I'm almost at the point where I'm like, I might just click post because with blogs, you don't need to release them at a certain time. I think you could literally just keep posting and posting. So honestly, go binge the blog. And anyway, my point there was like, I just got into a really creative spell. I couldn't sleep. I was up and I was like, I want to work on this. The difference though, and this is how I love how you said this. It's not work. Like when people ask, do you have hobbies? How do you switch off? I'm kind of like, my life is my life. My business is my life. My children are going to be my life. My husband's my life. Like all of this is my life. I don't have to see it as trying to separate everything. It's not like my business is in one little box and everything else is a little box. And I do know who said this, Jenna Kutcher said this in one of her podcasts a while ago. She hates the word balance. As a mum, she hates the word finding balance. And I agree with this. When you're constantly trying to find balance between work and life, imagine a seesaw. I think that's what we call it in the UK. Do you call a seesaw in the rest of the world? Yeah, because I I say things all the time and I never know if it's the right thing. I'm like, is this the right thing? a garage. Yeah, yeah, we say garage and you guys say garage. No, no, is that right? How do you say it? garage yeah yeah i love it (laughs) so yeah seesaw and with a seesaw like if you're constantly trying to find balance think about how like unrealistic that is balance is when you find the perfect middle point between either side which means you're constantly in conflict it means is either side is constantly in conflict you're always going to go either way what jenna kutcher said that it hit hard for me so it was so good it blend It's about letting life blend. It's about when you have such a clear why, such a clear mission, a movement that you're building in life. And that is like the definition of you. If you guys want to build a movement, you need to go to Bridget. When you're building a movement that is so, is bigger than you, it's bigger than like, it's everything about who you are. Then life just gets to be life. You just live. There's less thinking about, oh, how do I make sure I'm blending and balancing and like the parts of your life are no longer in conflict with one another. You do everything because of this movement, whether that's for the business or whether it's for going just for yourself, whether it's the dinner you decide to cook for tonight, all of it comes back to this movement that you have for yourself. And I feel like that, I think from this like this whole conversation, that seems to be our big takeaway, isn't it? Like you need to have that why. Why do I want to cry right now? Like I'm just staring at you like this. I feel like this this whole episode, it's so wholesome. I'm like... I love, I just love this because I feel like people needed to really hear all the things that we touched on. I agree. And I think having a little bit of like fleshing out the conversations, the reality, if you are someone that has been triggered by the thought of like, how have they not been burnt out? Just know it is possible for you to never face burnout again. It is possible for you to go through a launch and not feel like you need to take a two week hiatus afterwards because you're just so burnt out from the launch. It's possible for you to do all of that when you reconnect with your why and you get so, so in touch with what you're really passionate about. You can have a, you could have the worst launch of your life and literally bounce out of bed next morning because you're still so passionate about the next day. 
is where that's the that's what you're striving for and I feel like there are times where we have really big failures like I know we both have like we've had some big flops but we've managed to keep going and it wasn't like a difficulty having to dust ourselves off and keep going it was a non-negotiable because the movement was bigger than us we had to keep going yes amen to that amen falling on my face so many times like oh try again tomorrow exactly I'll be back exactly Oh, this has just been such an amazing conversation. And I think there's been so many big takeaways. But one thing I want to ask of you just to pass on to the next guest, and you know the next guest, actually, I'll tell you afterwards, but because I don't want to tell you in the call. What is one piece of advice that you're going to share for the next CEO to hear? What is one big piece of advice? If you had to say one thing, what would that be? Oh my gosh. I think just knowing that when whenever there is a storm coming your way, you can always make it through it. There have been so many times when a storm is coming my way and I think, oh no, like this is the time where it's going to break me rather than seeing that this is the storm. This is the thing that's going to make me stronger. So expecting the storms, knowing that they're always going to come and that you can always make it through to the other side. I love that. It's, it's going back to the whole, you can't avoid failure. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. But failure, true failure, only happens when you give up. There's mistakes, there's flops, there's storms that are going to come your way. There's all these obstacles that are absolutely inevitable. The only way for you to not get through to the other side is to give up and drown in the middle of the storm. And that's your choice. And it's 100%. You get to choose the the great things in life. And you also get to choose the not so great things. But you have a choice either way. I love that. This was amazing. Oh, amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And obviously, any of the um, things that you've got coming up, I'd love to just hear how are people going to connect with you. We'll obviously share everything in the show notes, guys, as always. But tell me just what's going on in your world right now that people need to be aware of. Always the Make Money membership. It's like my home in the Freedom Queen space. It's $97 a month, $3 a day. Um, we do all different kinds of different trainings inside there. Like that's where you can really get in the community and learn how to sign on clients. And it's it's usually on my bio. So you can come there or just always just come over to the Instagram at Bridget James Lang and just hang out, see what's going on. If you like my vibe, we can connect and go from there. A hundred percent. It's I've been watching the Make Money membership since like God knows how long. Like <laughs> since I don't remember what phase it was and like how it is now. This is literally your HQ, your headquarters. This is the space to be. There have been times where I've been like hovering over that button, like just because I want to be in your world. I just want to watch you from the inside. I'm like, I love you, Bridge. <laughs> so, oh, this has been amazing. And please go, obviously, hang out and see Bridget in real life action on Instagram. That's your main space. But obviously, you'll hear soon from Bridget, no doubt. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you just loved this episode and found it helpful, please rate and leave a review. And if you know a certain CEO mama or entrepreneur in your life who would benefit from this episode, please share it with them. It means the absolute world to us when you do that. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at indiabutlerco.com. That's indiabutlerco.com. All right, that's it for today. I'll catch you here next time.